part of the thing about Christmas for us being Christians is that there are a lot of people that celebrated Christian without Christ, and today they have a void in their life. They have a void, but I thank God we can have good fun, and I saw those pictures from the Bogers, you're having fun, and, and uh, I love seeing families together having fun, and, uh, but I thank God we can celebrate Christian without Christmas without a void in our life because we keep Jesus in the middle of everything, because without Jesus, you're going to have a void, and really, if you have a void, uh, there's no other way to come and fix that void except through Jesus Christ. So, um, did you get what you expected? <laughs> okay. Well, we, um, we, should I tell them how we sort of do things in our house? Would you like that? Well, every, every year we sort of um, determine how much is to be spent, and, and then we all shop on our own to get what we wanted. So I got exactly what I wanted. <laughs> no surprise. Well, there were a few surprises in the stocking, but, uh, and, and we actually, you know, got our shopping done before Christmas, of course, and, and uh, we all agreed, we're just going to go ahead and wear it now <laughs> and keep the stocking, all that kind of stuff for, for, for Christmas morning. But um, I want to remind you today, though, after Christmas is gone, Christ is still alive, and, and we become more aware of him. I think Today, I was just so aware of Jesus and that we were praising Jesus. Certainly, we praise the Father also, but we were just focusing on there is none like you, none but Jesus. And the reason, we again, we don't have a void is because we have that revelation that we can't get out of a person what we can only get out of God. So this morning, I, I want to just focus on Jesus as I was preparing because Jesus is alive. We're not going to go ahead and uh, going into another season without realizing the significance of who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Well, I'm, I would tell you this right up front. He's more than we could ever explain. You understand that, right? There's only so many words that you can articulate that, that will describe him, but I'm going to do my best this morning. I, I believe, though, with what we hear this morning, we're going to be provoked to come closer to Jesus and even entering to this prayer and fasting time, whatever you're going to do, Fasting doesn't change you. Well, no, excuse me. Fasting doesn't change God, but fasting does change you if you're doing it right. You might want to just, um, you know, we, we for years went on the Daniel fast, which is no eat, no meats, sweets, or breads. And again, you might you might have another thing. Food might not be, uh, you know, hard for you to pull back on, but there's something that is. We want to pull that in order. How about video games? Oh, I shouldn't have said that one. But anyway, um, gosh, it's awful quiet in here. Y'all okay? You all breathing? I said video games, and you shut down on me. All right. But who is Jesus? I believe that we're going to be provoked to come into a closer walk with him this year. If you'd ask people at random who Jesus is, you'd be surprised at all the different answers that you would get. To some, Jesus is only a historical figure as a Jewish rabbi who taught many years ago. To some, he was the greatest teacher who ever lived. Say, uh, some say his followers created a myth about Jesus, that Jesus claimed he was the Son of God. I, I was going over an article by Barna Research uh, Group, and they had an article, and they said most American, Americans not only hold favorable views 
of Christ, but also maintain a commitment to Jesus that still is important in their lives today. And I, I, would, I would just, again, ask you to listen to this and allow this to provoke you to get closer to Jesus. 93% of Americans believe that Jesus Christ was a real person who actually lived. I think that's pretty good. Many people, but it keeps these, these statistics will keep letting all of us know that we've got a, a more of a job to do in getting this good news out. But many people believe the best about Jesus, that he was accepting, fun-loving, brave, strong, warm, and practical. 63% of Americans say that they have made a commitment to Jesus that's still important in their lives. Well, that's good. We just want to not only say we have a commitment to Jesus, but act like it, right? Um, when someone wants to get some more political influence, it seems like they, they, want to, they want to push their Christian faith out there sometimes, and they're not even a Christian. They just want to influence the evangelicals. Well, let's get off that topic. Uh, but anyway, 59% have no doubt that Jesus will return to earth someday. 43% say that he was good, uh, he was God living among humans. 31% he was uniquely called to reveal God's purpose in the world. 9% he embodied the best that is possible in each person. And then 8% says he was a great man and a great teacher, but not divine. We have to believe that God is divine, that Jesus was sent from God to fulfill the great work of redemption for mankind. So who was Jesus? Well, we want to find out what the Bible says about that, because again, we can give our opinions, but the Word of God answers it well. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. I'll read through verse 18 in the New Living Translation. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or the one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked them, what was the question he asked them? Ready? But who do you say I am? It doesn't matter what I say about Jesus for your life. It doesn't matter what any of you say. It doesn't matter what your parents say or your uncles or whoever else might, you might be living with or your grandmother, it, it's not about what they say. It's important to listen to what they say about Christ. But what do you say about Christ? Who is Jesus? I, I heard even in Nicole was singing out some things today that I heard about Jesus. And then uh, about um, Tarsha was talking about he's our Savior, he's our healer, he's our Redeemer, he's our peace. But who do you say he is? What we say is what matters for our own life. So Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. I want us all to keep our minds open and our hearts open to what God would say to us to solidify some things in our life. Because flesh and blood cannot reveal to you who Jesus is. When you get into his word, you get into environments like this, all of a sudden, the light of God's word will come to you. And you'll see what you need to see about Jesus. And he is Lord, by the way. Amen.
He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say unto you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Thank God we're on the winning team. I thank God I'm in Christ. I thank God I've been baptized in the Christ, and it's in him that I live, and it's in him that I move, and it's in him that I have my being. He is my identity. If you're having an identity crisis right now, you need to see who you are in Christ, and that'll solve that, that'll heal it, that'll fix it, and that'll help you go into any environment knowing who you are so the world can't talk you out of it. So what does the word say? And we want to hear the word this morning because faith comes by hearing. So the Old Testament was completed 450 B.C., hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And there were prophecies that were made in detail by many people throughout, throughout the books. In the Old Testament, it was indicated that Jesus would be betrayed by someone he trusted. This is Psalm 41 and verse 9. And it says, even my close friend whom I trusted, he who I had shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. How many can relate with that, that someone has betrayed you in this life? You probably raised up both hands. That's what happened with Jesus, too. In the New Testament, which records Jesus' life and resurrection, reveals that one of the 12 people Jesus chose to uh, part, uh, be part of his inner circle would betray him. And really, you know, it's most difficult to be betrayed by somebody so close to you. You know, being hurt by somebody that's sort of a distance, it's really not a big deal. But it does hurt at times when we've ever been betrayed. I know it has hurt me, and I know that healing comes with my walk with God, and you get, you know, you get healed in His presence. You get restored in His presence. You get, you know, your broken heart gets mended in His presence. Mark chapter 14, verse 10 says, Then, Jesus, uh, then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. Now listen, there's more than 300 prophecies about Jesus, like these, that were made in the Old Testament and then fulfilled through Jesus' life and death and resurrection. Now, I normally do an Oreo cookie illustration, but I'll be nice this morning and I won't do that. For one person to fulfill 48 of these prophecies, mathematically speaking, uh, the number is just staggering. It's one chance in 10 to the 157th power. I say, I, 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 how many like math? Nobody likes math? I like math. I like, Rachel, you like math? All right, I like math. Uh, anyway, but this is, the chance is, in other words, a number one with 157 zeros beside that, that's the chance that that could be, you know, that could be fulfilled. Now add to that 250 other prophecies and it becomes impossible for any other person except for Jesus Christ to fit a particular sequence of time and events. Who is Jesus? Even if you go at it with a natural perspective you know, I believe God will always, there's been books written that uh, 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 atheists wrote this book to disprove Jesus' 
existence and Jesus' reality and who he is. And, and because they explored the Bible, all of a sudden they became a Christian because God revealed who he was. If you have a heart after going after who, who God is and your identity in him, it'll, it'll forever change your life. And you'll keep Jesus in the middle of every season, whether it's Christmas, winter, spring, summer, and fall. A every day of our life we get to celebrate him being alive and living in us. Hebrews chapter 1, it says, and it shows a very clear picture of who Jesus is. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the power of His command or His Word. When he, when he cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name of God has a greater, is the greatest name above any other name. Now, so Jesus, we see in these scriptures in verse 2, Jesus is the Son of God. Say it with me. Jesus is the Son of God. He's unique. He's eternal. He is God the Son. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which being translated is God with us. And he's still with us today by the Holy Spirit. Thank God. Matthew 3.16 says, Jesus, when he, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and then a voice from heaven saying this, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You know, that's something that the Father wants to say to you. In Christ, when you receive Jesus, he becomes our Father, and a Father affirms, a Father instructs, a Father. He wants you to know it's not about all the stuff you can do for me to gain my love. No, God is love. He loves you in spite of what you've done. He loves us in spite of how much accomplishments we have. Jesus is God the Son. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. His life proved he was the Son of God. He lived a perfect life. He lived a sinless life. Why is that important? Because he that knew no sin was made to be sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so he could pay the penalty for, for sin. And on the third day, God raised them up together, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and life. And that's, you know, there's only one way to get to heaven, and the door, his name is Jesus. Don't be confused. Don't let the world mess you up. There's not many ways. There is the way, right? The word doesn't say there, uh, Jesus is a way, a truth, and a life. No, the way, the truth, and the life. His life proved he is the son of God. He lived sinless so he could die for our sin. He knew his identity. Matthew 26:63 says, but Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under the oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, 
the Son of the living God? And Jesus said, yes, it is, as you say. It's impossible for God to lie. He spoke the truth. Jesus fulfilled every prophecy about him. His miracles recorded in the Bible proved Jesus' divinity, the greatest being when he was raised from the dead, never to die again. Max Lucado said it like this. He said, Jesus was not just, just uh, godly or godlike, God-hungry or God-focused or God-worshipping. He was and is the Son of God. You know, and um, if you look on our website, we have a tab, that, uh, an area that talks about our tenets of faith. And one of our tenets of faith or beliefs that we have on our website is Harvest Church. We believe, we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. On earth, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. He is the only man that ever, ever to have lived a sinless life. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, performed miracles, died on the cross for humankind, and thus he atoned for our sins through the shedding of the blood. And he rose from the dead on the third day, and according to the scriptures, he ascended to the right hand of the Father and will return again in power and in glory. Come on, say with me, Jesus is the Son of God. God's Word says who Jesus is. There's no confusion here. Jesus also in Hebrews talks about in verse 2 in that scripture we read that Jesus is the creator of everything. He's the creator of everything. John 1.1 says, in the beginning before all times was the Word, was Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was continually existing in the beginning co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him, and without Him... Not even one thing that was made that is coming to being. There's not one thing except through him. And then Revelation 19, I like what it says in verse 12. Talking about Jesus. His eyes blaze like a flaming fire. And on his head were many kingly crowns or diadems. And he had a title name inscribed which he alone knows and understands. He is dressed in the robe dipped with blood and the title by which he is called, is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God manifested in the flesh. And the Word of God takes the place of the unseen Christ, the unseen Christ today. He's in our heart by the Holy Spirit, but he has a glorified physical body sitting on the throne next to God. He's seated next to God in a physical, glorified, never-to-die-again body. That's awesome. Man, heaven's real. When you start talking about terms like this, it becomes so vividly clear. Colossians 1.16 says, We look at the sun and we see God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely, everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got its start in Him and finds its purpose in him. You can't find your purpose outside of finding your purpose in Christ. You just can't. There's a plan God has for your life. There's a direction he has for your life. Now, so you, some of you, very, all of us have giftings, and some of you are very talented, and sometimes that'll help you locate your passion, but something about what you do 
we'll be, we'll be tapped into doing it for Jesus as well. You know, we, um, we like watching The Voice. You ever watch that show? You ever watch that show? Yeah? No? Anyway, that, there are some excellent singers on there, but there's, whenever we hear the song, all it does is minister to our soul. Well, some of them don't. Some, some of them don't. But, but only, oh, the world doesn't have any advantage over our praise and worship team. Because they're not in singing with skill. They're singing by the Spirit of God as instruments of praise. Thank God we find our purpose in Him. Everything God started in Him and finds its purpose in Him, He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, He organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. I, uh, for Christmas, I got um, a book Mom Judy, she, she gave me a book on, uh, by Rick Renner on sparkling gems. And he really breaks down some words from the Hebrew or the Greek and then it ties it all together. It's a big book. But I love it. And so you're probably going to hear me quote from him uh, very consistently because he digs into deeper meaning. And sometimes you, you need to go there. But he said this. Although Israel, this is so, so unique and so, just listen to this. Although Israel rejected Jesus and the Roman authorities crucified him, creation always recognizes him. Remember the word says in Romans, creation groans to be put on with the new Jerusalem, be put on with new order of things here on this earth. Creation always recognized him. During his life on this earth, the waves obeyed him. Fishes and bread multiplied at his touch. The atoms in water solidified so he could walk across it. And the wind ceased when he spoke to it. So it should be of no surprise that Jesus' death was so traumatic to this earth and creation. Because the earth shook. The earth trembled. The earth shuddered at the, at, at the death of its creator, and it instantly felt its loss. Amen. That's just amazing. That's just, you can't really wrap your mind around that, but it's so true. And in Christ, the word says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, it shall be done. You know, we're in Christ, and God teaches us about the authority of the believer, and God teaches us to, wait a minute, you better take, take care about that thing that's coming against you, that negative thing coming against you. We rebuke things. There are storms in our life. We rebuke, and we bind in the name of Jesus, right? And whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's ever loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So let's go on to describe Jesus. Jesus is the owner of everything. You know, when people talk, there, at some point, I might even, beginning of the year, talk about how to increase, you know, even financially. But some people see sacrificing 10% of their income is just way beyond what they're willing to do. 
But understand something. God gave us 100% of the ability to have that income. It's not about giving ours. It's about how much we get to keep of his. And uh, so Jesus is the owner of everything. Jesus is the exact image of, of God the Father. John 14, 9 says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And the word says, He is the sustainer of everything. He's the Savior of all who will believe. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me but by me, unto the Father but by me. And Webster's definition talks about the word Savior. And that word Savior is defined as rescuer and Christ. Christ is the Savior. He's the rescuer. What has he rescued me from and you from? Just think about that day that you were a mess or something. Think about that day that you were lost. You were following a path, but you're like, there's just something that's not quite right about this direction. And, uh, you know, that's why we get into the Word of God, which is the will of God, and all of a sudden we'll recognize even when the Spirit of God rises up on the inside of us to lead us and guide us and direct us through peace. Matthew 1 says, he saves us from our sins because Romans 3.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but God's free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 says, there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven that has been given among people which, by which we must, say must, we must be saved, for God has pro provided the word world, no alternative for salvation, it's just through Jesus. Sin makes us undone, incomplete, lost, unworthy, and unable to stand in the presence of God, but Emmanuel, God with us, he who resided in heaven, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and with the Spirit, willingly descended in our world, he breathed, he breathed our air he felt our pain. He knew our sorrows and he died for our sins. He didn't come to frighten us, but to show us the way to warmth and safety. That was Charles Wendell. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We want everybody to get in on this. I'm so thrilled at what we're able to do as a church this year through our, our local outreaches, and our regional outreaches and our partnerships of all around the world, what we're doing, what we've done. Preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That word saved again also is defined by the word sozo. It means to deliver. That's the Greek word. It means to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to save, to do well, to be made whole. And Hebrews 7.25 says he's able to save from all sin to the uttermost in all places, at all times, and all circumstances. Take a look at this up on the screen. It blesses me. I've shared it before, but it'll bless us again. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He 
eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. my king how about you it's just wonderful every time I hear that I just couldn't get over that I had to share that with you again and I'll continue to describe him who is Jesus remember we didn't have him as a center of Christmas but he lives he is forever living and he's forever involved in our life in uh, Isaiah 53 1 through 5 we see that Jesus was bruised and brought healing for us He's pierced and he eased our pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He, he was dead and he brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. The leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The New Age can't replace him. And non-believers can't explain him away. That's my king. Like he said, I can't say it like him, but I wonder, do you know him? <laughs> hey, that's all right. I, I know my lane. I know where I need to stay, but... Jesus is Lord of all. 
Philippians 2.9 says, Wherefore God also highly exalted and give, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus began his ministry by being hungry, yet he's the bread of life. Jesus ended his earthly ministry by being thirsty, yet he's the living water. Jesus was weary, yet he is our rest. Jesus paid tribute, yet he is the king. Jesus was accused of having a demon, yet he cast them out. Jesus wept, and yet he wipes away every tear. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, yet he redeemed the world. Through, through it, all the money in the earth couldn't purchase one soul, the word says. It had to be through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that redeemed us, that purchased us in our salvation. Jesus brought, was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he is the good shepherd. Jesus died, yet his death, he, in his death he destroyed the power of death. And that was Gregory Nazare. Amen. We're doing, we're doing our very best with God's help this morning to describe who Jesus is. Can somebody just praise him a little bit of who he is? Oh, Jesus, we praise you that you're all these things and you are all these things and more. We praise you. We exalt you. We lift you high. You are the foundation of this ministry. Oh, you're the cornerstone. Thank you that you're the rock that never is moved. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, to the sinner, he's the Lamb of God that takes away sin in the world. But to the Christian, he's the Son of the living God, the Savior, the Redeemer, and Lord. Jesus is the husband of the bride, the friend to the friendless. He's a physician to the sick. He's a psychiatrist to the confused. He's the compass to the traveler. He's a bright morning star to the one walking in darkness. He's a healer of all sickness. He's a savior from every sin, the deliverer from every bad habit. He's a baptizer in the Holy Spirit to anyone who thirsts. That's Jesus. That's who he is today. He's the one with whom the prophet Isaiah said, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lily of the valley. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. We're just going to keep going on and on, and we're going to close it out here in just a minute. But he's the one who was, the one who is coming again. He's the one in whom the devil can't entice to sin, couldn't entice to sin. The one whom the grave could not hold. He's the one who arose from the dead. He's the victor and the champion of all times. Now we can see why the Apostle John said in John 21, 25, there are also many other things which Jesus did if they should be written. I suppose that even the world itself couldn't contain the books that should, should be written. He's worthy to be praised. Who is Jesus today? Who is Jesus today? I thank God that, you know, Christmas, we all look forward to that time of the year, but we enjoy Christ every day, every month, throughout the whole year. And that's what we're going to do in this Daniel prayer and fasting. Let's make sure that we have him at the center of our life. Let's make sure there's even a line on this um, uh, form that you can fill out of your personal goals. What, what do you want to accomplish this year? 
when I looked at my personal goals, I glanced at it throughout the year. We, we met so many of the goals this year because we had it written down, rewrote the vision in our personal life. What about your family life? What, what do you want to see accomplished there? How about your devotional? What are you going to do this year for your devotion? How about, healthy? How about your health? What are you going to do about your health and the finances and then your career? And there's, so there's all those things that we included in that. So Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He's the creator of everything. He's the owner of everything. He's the exact image of God the Father. He's the sustainer of everything. He's the Savior of all, all who believe in him. And Jesus is Lord of all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for a word that builds up. It's so wonderful to talk about Jesus. Just does something good for us. We've been provoked today to not, you know, that make sure that we put Jesus in his rightful place, in the center of our heart, in the center of our life. Jesus, forgive me when there were times I didn't have you in the center of my heart or the center of my life. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus and we thank you for you revealing through the word who Jesus is and what he is to us. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Father. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you know the word says, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death, but there's a free gift of God called eternal life through Jesus Christ. And the word teaches us that God commended his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And here's a simple simple prayer I'm going to pray in just a moment for those of you who would like to receive the Lord or make a confirmation you viewing online you might pray this prayer with us but Romans 10 says if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved because it's with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now, Father, I just thank you for this moment and opportunity. Because you're amongst us, you're drawing those who do not know you. And Father, I just pray that they would not be trapped in the influence of somebody due to the right or left or back or front or in their world. That they would yield to this drawing. So I'm getting ready to pray a prayer of salvation. I'm going to lead you into what the word just described right there. If you, want to, if you want to pray this prayer with me, I'd like you to raise your hand right now just so I can see it real quick. So I can see it. Thank you. Who else wants to pray with us today? Whether you raise your hand or not, let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say it with me. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sin. I believe on the third day, you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, you're alive. Salvation's in you. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior right now. Jesus, I, I, I confess your Lordship over my life right now. Jesus, you are now my Lord. 
thank you for saving me. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you that I have eternal life. I now know that my last breath on earth will become my first breath in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. Amen. Let's just thank God for Jesus today. Oh, thank God for Jesus.